0: Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaine.
1: A very warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover. The cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary Master of Yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today your host Richard Lawrence has been joined by a regular and popular guest Brian Kniep, who co-authored the biography of Dr George King with Richard The King who came to us. They will be discussing the intriguing subject being a disciple from Christianity to king yoga. So without further ado I hand you over to Richard and Brian.
0: Thank you, Nikki, and welcome to the show, Brian.
2: It's very good to be here, and I'm very happy to hear that I'm a popular guest. That is
0: very, very popular, certainly that. with me and Nikki, anyway. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sure with all the listeners too. Um, so we're I actually delighted to have you actually because we're going to be discussing discipleship, being a disciple. From Christianity to King Yoga. We picked uh, a, a kind of a Christmassy theme. You know, there's lots of people uh, raised in, in the Christian countries and in Christian families who think that the only disciples in history are the Twelve. And, of course, that's not even true of Christianity. I mean, there are a number of disciples, and I would say uh, those who followed Jesus over the, the, the millennia, actually, there have been what you could call great disciples within that tradition uh, who've come since. Certainly, you'd have to count, for example, St. Paul, who wasn't physically with uh, the Master Jesus, uh, he joined after the resurrection, very soon after it, of course. That faith, and uh, boy, did he champion it. So it's, but it's also very relevant, uh, and, and this is why I think it's. I'm very pleased, Brian's joining me for this particular show because it's so applicable to the Aetherius Society, and this is Aetherius Radio Live, and specifically to Doctor George King. And the path of the Aetherius Society, which we call King Yoga, uh, deliberately call it King Yoga. I mean, if there was another branch, Brian, I, I, you know, I think we would have used it. I mean, you, you know, it isn't Karma Yoga as we know Karma Yoga through history, no. and it isn't any other branch, is it? We, the only way we could summarize it was by using Dr. King's name to to, to describe it.
2: Well, that's true, Richard. You know, we're in a new era uh, after the initiation of Earth, and everything is changing and changing quickly. And um, to have a, a new yoga um, is extremely important uh, because things are really ramping up. And mm-hmm. King Yoga is, is it's, it's the path. It is the path. It
0: is. It is, it really is. And of course, Dr. King was himself a master of several yogas, the one he regarded as most important being karma yoga, but that he Absolutely. completely transformed. And of course, it does keep the, the, the devotees of that particular path, uh, their minds, hopefully, and their hearts on the source at all times. Of uh, Because all the teachings uh, in the Aetherius Society either came from or through Dr. King or in certain cases there were practices from which he, he drew his knowledge of yoga and, and applied but even then he taught them often in his own very distinctive way. I think we're just lucky Brian that uh, his name was King. If, there's no such thing as luck but you know it's a great name King Yoga whereas Perfect. if he was called Smith or Lawrence or Kniep for that matter wouldn't sound Smith, quite
2: so good. No, Smith Yoga wouldn't, wouldn't have the ring to it I have to admit no.
0: anyway what we thought we would do was start this show by reading uh, the final words actually from the biography of Dr. King who came to earth Um, if you're looking for a Christmas present by the way that's I think as fine a present as you could possibly give or receive and that's by the way as uh, stated with it because brian either brian or i get any royalties or any any gain at all from the sales of this book but uh, it certainly will give you an insight into Dr. King. And so we'd like to start this particular show by reading the last few pages, Um, it's not too long, it's uh, just two and a half pages, I think it it amounts to, um, of the book, of the afterword, because it really does focus on the whole theme of being a disciple. So I'm going to read the text that uh, Brian and I wrote, and Brian will read the various extracts within that text, which come either from a cosmic transmission or from Dr. King himself directly. So let me start, if I may. Throughout the centuries, there have always been a dedicated few to act as light bearers for their masters. Some have been fortunate enough to know and serve their teachers at a personal level while they were physically among us. To name three leading examples, one of the greatest ancient works of wisdom, the Bhagavad Gita, was delivered by Sri Krishna to the warrior Arjuna, who hung on his every word. Many centuries later, the young Joshua devoted himself to Moses, and even, it is said, accompanied him up Mount Sinai when the Ten Commandments were delivered. And Ananda was the chela who looked after and cared for his guru, the Lord Buddha, well into his old age. But not all, in fact not most of them, physically met their masters or were alive at the same time. The disciples of Jesus, for example, are not limited to the twelve who walked with him into Jerusalem prior to that fateful Passover. After his Damascene conversion, St. Paul, who never physically met him, was one of the greatest of them all. In more recent times, the 19th century theosophist Madame Blavatsky was guided by the Ascended Master designated as M through her advanced mental and psychic powers. The 20th century esotericist Alice Bailey was likewise guided by the Master DK, Dwal Kuhl, to bring further theosophical teachings. And thousands of disciples, some unknown, have devoted themselves to the one they followed, decades, centuries, or even millennia after their teachers walked this physical world. Today is the age of the new disciples. As Sir George wrote in his conclusion of the Twelve Blessings in 1958, Jesus has come again in this
2: 20th century to extend his ancient mission to save this earth. It is now up to you, the new disciples, who read, learn, and accept these teachings to take your rightful place as sowers of the seeds of cosmic truth throughout your world.
0: On October the 18th, 1958, Mars Sector 6 stated in a transmission about the Twelve Blessings,
2: You... Notice, O disciples, that these teachings are not limited. Be ye like them.
0: The twelve blessings lie at the heart of our worship in the Aetherius churches, on holy mountains, online, and by individuals wherever they may be. But it is not the only, nor even now the most important activity the society and its members perform. Having read this biography, you will know this all too well and be familiar with the expansive panorama of spiritual activity enshrined in King Yoga. New disciples can follow this master and this path in its entirety. And you won't be surprised that this, in our view, is the highest calling available to us. It is also the key to our own development as Sir George advised his students during a series of classes in 1966, You
2: cannot really progress, really progress, unless you are dedicated to the life of action. The only thing that counts these days, two things that count, there is only one. And if I am sure of anything, I am as sure of this as I am of God. The only thing that counts is the cosmic plan for the enlightenment and evolution of this and all other planets.
0: Spiritual action brings peace and enlightenment to the world and to ourselves in that order. King Yoga is primarily a path of service, but it is also one of personal advancement, and wherever you have one of these, the other isn't far behind. In his last book, Realize Your Inner Potential, which he co-authored with Richard Lawrence, Sir George released a collection of ancient and new age practices which students could use not only to serve others but also to progress themselves. Taken far enough, these exercises could help us to unveil the very petals of somatic consciousness a wonderful promise await those who choose this path as revealed by sir george to his students in the 1966 classes
2: there is a karmic link between a teacher and a pupil and if a pupil really advances then they can and do take into themselves more and more of the higher attributes of the teachings This is an absolute fact. And of course, there is a statement, too, that when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. And this, too, is an absolute fact. The teacher has to, by law, take the next step with those pupils who are ready. If he cannot do so, then the right teacher is brought along to be able to do so. This is one of the laws of karma, and it's greater than all of us. It is greater than the world, and it is greater than the solar system, and even the suns, because it's one of the great laws known about for thousands of years upon Earth. It appertains not only to this Earth, but on all inhabited planets, throughout this galaxy anyway, that when the pupil is ready, the teacher does appear. In other words, when the pupil is ready for the next essential step onward, They will be able to take that step. They will be helped in one way or another to take that step. And a student does begin to absorb some of the deeper aspects of the teachings and some of the deeper aspects of the teacher, too. This, too, is a fact. If you study diligently under a teacher who is any good at all, and you really study diligently, whatever you come Whether you come into physical contact with that individual or not, you begin to absorb some of his higher knowledge, which he may not have imparted to you by word
0: of mouth. His Eminence Sir George King has appeared in your life through this book. This will either be for the first time, or perhaps in sharper focus than ever before. You've read this far, so you are at the very least curious, perhaps impressed, possibly amazed by his grandeur. You might decide to leave it at curiosity, as something that may or may not be true, because you certainly don't know that it isn't. But you may want to take it further, to regard him as a teacher, your teacher, and thereby create a karmic link between yourself and this pivotal avatar of our age. If you do, the leaves of curiosity will fall away, and you will be impressed, even to your very soul, by his amazing reality. And if you forge this linkage still further, you too could become a disciple of the king who came to earth. And so concludes our reading of the last couple of pages of The King Who Came to Earth. And you can see that in the very last sentence is that aspiration for those who wish to to take it, of course, to actually become a disciple of Dr. King. I think one of the very interesting statements in, in some of the words you read there, Brian, of Dr. King's were that um, you know, if you study diligently whether you come into physical contact with Dr. King or not, you begin to absorb some of his higher knowledge which he may not have imparted to you by word of mouth. Uh, I'm sure you've experienced that, I know I have, um, both since he's, his his physical passing and during his lifetime. And you were a disciple of, of Dr. King. Can you tell us something about what it was like while he was alive and how it is especially now for newer devotees to become his disciple?
2: Well, thank you, Richard. Uh, That's a very interesting question. Uh, And, you know, when he was alive, especially those who were very close to him, uh, our main job was to help him in all ways accomplish his mission and set up his mission for the future. And this entailed... Um, physically helping him, uh, cleaning the house, uh, making food, running errands, um, being a companion, watching TV with him, having walks, all those things. Um, also, it, for me, it, it, it entailed helping him prepare for uh, his mental transmissions, um, taking down at times his mental transmissions, discussing with him um, uh, different missions, the operation of etc., um, really trying to... Help keep him in tune with what he was creating, and try and uh, help him in all ways create it. Uh, it was a tremendous honor, but very different, um, and it was very difficult. But now the mission has been created, um, and now the disciples have this this tremendous opportunity to. Um, live within this mission, to, to virtually manifest this mission which he has visualized and set up and created. And so all the disciples that come now are, are in- animating this, this vision, which this vision is to save as many people as possible on earth before the earth changes uh, in not that long of a time. Mm. And so it, it's, it, now it, it's such a, a fantastic opportunity to, to go into these amazing teachings of which there are so many layers of them. Go into the practices which will help you understand and get even deeper into the teachings. And of course, as you know, Richard, the most important thing is to give tremendous and powerful service, especially karmic service to the world in these days and it's it's just an astoundingly uplifting and powerful um, and difficult path
0: indeed thank you thank you for that um i don't know whether i'm sure you must have had an experience like this well i know because you and i have talked so much but um when you were when he was alive i certainly found sometimes when you when one was very intensively in his company um sometimes in my case His company by phone, but often physically in his company and working with him very intensely and basically focused on whatever his focus was at that given moment, you could find yourself um, so in tune with him that you would I mean don't get me wrong sometimes one was out of tune with him much more than one should have been but sometimes you you really would wonder whether the thoughts were yours whether he was placing them into your mind uh, because it was exactly the, the direction he wanted to go in. And, and you could, you know, I could give several examples of things like that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just give a rather silly example, actually. It's, it's not a particularly good one. But I, I was driving along with him once in, in a town in, in Britain called Northampton. I'd never been there in my life. And we had to um, have a lunch break and we had a packed lunch in the boot and uh, this town wasn't known to me and i hadn't and this is an error on my part made the preparations we would always normally make to find a suitable place to stop and have a packed lunch and we're in the middle of a busy town northampton um i don't think it might be a city but it's certainly a town um and you know i wasn't sure where to go and and he turned to me and we were there we were about i don't know quarter to one driving along and he said where are we stopping for lunch and you know I could have done a few things one I could have said well actually I don't know we're gonna to have to look for somewhere which wouldn't have gone down very well as you know Brian uh, there's only the two of us there but I mm. I just came up with a sort of bald statement just a, a ridiculous statement really I said well we're going up the traffic lights and then we're going to turn right and there'll be a place there and he, said, yeah, and he said, he said, oh, good, good. He, you know, uh, that was fine. And then we carried. It. Came to the traffic lights, turned right, and there was a park. And it, it, things didn't always go that well, I have to say. But I thought, thank God, you know, and I've often wondered, was that just like, you know, what happened there? I mean, that's not the most serious of things, but um, it would have felt very serious had had I not been able to find anywhere at that moment. Um, (laughs) But sometimes, though, it would be more, more of an important thing and something perhaps to do with a mission or something perhaps to do with a piece of writing or something that he really wanted. And you almost found yourself... Echoing his thoughts and I'm sure in your case looking after him caring for him in his latter days You probably knew where he wanted to sit what he needed at certain given times without being asked
2: Well, you did yeah, I mean he I I think he had a a way of Raising you up um, as much as as you could raise be raised up in your current um, situation um, and as such, you, you would be much more attuned, much more than you would normally imagine yourself being attuned to him. And you would know, you know how to give a massage or how to speak mm-hmm. to him or where to go. And, um, and, and sometimes he would kind of keep you up there. And uh, occasionally you, you, would have, you would have these inspirations. If one came to mind when one of the Gatha masters was leaving. Um, Earth to go back to um, mm-hmm. system of Gotha, and uh, just I was inspired to say, well, we, we should do some runs in honor of him, and mm. it's almost like he was wanting me to say that, you know. Um, yes, of course, that's it's a, a great other, example. Yes, yeah. you know, I'm sure I wouldn't have just out of my normal brain thought of that, but being with him, and of course, there's the power, um, the karmic power of me coming up with it rather than him, and so he yes. would. Probably, you know, who knows how many times he did that. You know, it's hard yes, to
0: know. And you have to wonder, that's a very good example. a better example than mine, actually, because you think, well, did he plant that in your brain? Did you right. come up with it? Right. Were you just so in tune right. with where he was anyway? And those things happen. But also, I mean, things have happened uh, since his demise. I, I would just like to give one example that I think you'll remember uh, probably, Brian, quite well. This would be in 2018 or 17. I'm not quite sure which, but it was just two or three years ago. And we were launching King Yoga at the American headquarters. And then after it, we were going to go and you were kindly going to, you and Ashima were going to show Alison and myself some of the locations where Operation Power Light was performed. Right. We went on a little trip because we were researching at that point for the biography. So we we were... I I don't know whether we were coming to it or leaving it or which way it worked from a chronological point of view. But I do remember within a day or two of our launch of King Yoga, uh, Alice and I had uh, rented a car. And as you might know, Brian, I like to sometimes in America do something you can't do very easily in the UK, which is tune into a, a radio station which isn't encumbered by debate because it's so much down one line or other. You have a Republican right-wing thing, or you have a Democrat thing, or you have an evangelical thing, or you, you know, whereas over here it tends to be more sort of, you know, people arguing with each other about the different Mm -hmm. points. It's changing, actually, now. But anyway, I I switched on an evangelical channel as we drove away, and on came a program. Uh, I'm just curious as to how they were going to present this. And what it was, was something I didn't know about at all. It was a description of how the word Christianity came into being. I don't know whether you knew that, but I certainly didn't. And it turned out, and this was quite significant, because here we are, the international directors, unanimously uh, launching the The name, and it's only a name. It doesn't change the teachings, the missions, the anything. It's just a name uh, for describing the path, because the ethereal society isn't the name of a path. It's the name of an organization, as you know. So there we were. We, We were launching King Yoga, and then I suddenly switch on the radio, and smack on comes an evangelical preacher explaining how the word Christianity came into being. It was quite interesting to me, because it turns out that the word Christian was first used 10 years after the resurrection mm. it wasn't used apparently by the master Jesus himself at all it was named after Jesus, Jesus Christ I know there's a mystical meaning to Christ but this name was named after Jesus Christ and it was first used actually by two of his disciples Saint Paul and Saint Barnabas um, and We'll talk more about some of the Christian disciples in a moment, but they launched it in Antioch. You'll find it, in, if you're interested in such things, in the Bible, the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 26. I looked it up, and it's just a simple statement, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Which is where they travel to to preach. So it's interesting, really, because that can be dated as being about ten years after the resurrection. And it's very interesting also because the Master Jesus Himself, in the Twelve Blessings, you know, almost two thousand years later, uses the word Christian, uses the word Christianity, and therefore endorses it. Actually, the Master Theorist uses it as well. Uh, the use of this word, devised by, as far as we can tell, or certainly first used by two disciples of, of, the, of the Master Jesus in a particular launch, or, or not a launch, but an event, a preaching event in Antioch, uh, then later endorsed. If there was ever any doubt about whether Master Jesus agreed with this name, there isn't now. Because uh, it, he used true. it himself in the Twelve Blessings, yes. in the Sixth Blessing, actually, both Christian and Christianity. And I didn't have any doubt about, I, I actually believe very strongly that our master would love and does love uh, King Yoga as a, as a name. I think he was too modest to use it Uh, I don't think he would have come up with it himself he named after the organisation after his master ethereus really Um, but I think it's it's interesting and it's sort of settled in my mind this whole concept and actually prompted me to look at other movements such as Buddhism and from the best I can tell a lot isn't really known historically the word Buddhist was not used in the Lord Buddha's lifetime there's another name for his movement I believe when he was physically alive And Confucianism, I think, likewise, I think, was a name that came after him. And you can find many isms and and names named after people uh, which come after their lifetime. So coming up with King Yoga, he he describing himself so often as a Western master of yoga and then using his name to describe it, I think that's very fitting. And um, I don't know, what do do you think he would was probably too humble to do that himself
2: Brian. well I, absolutely you know sometimes some of his addresses he, he comes on pretty strong um but deep down as you know richard uh he was very shy and very yeah. humble um, he was and he, he, the, the, the last thing that he would would presume to do would be that to name it uh king yoga because uh, he just wouldn't um he wouldn't be part of him but hmm. On the other side, I think he would be really happy, really touched, mm. um, emotionally touched, that mm. we thought of doing this and we did it. Mm. Uh, I feel absolutely certain he would just be tickles—maybe it's a better word—just really, really pleased that we yes. did that. Yes, yes. Like,
0: and we did it some, I think, twenty years, I would say, just under, after his physical passing, um, and. You know, it, it's it's uh, a beautiful thing to do, as I said earlier, because I think it brings people back and reminds us all the time the source of everything, really. I mean, e- well, even in the, all the missions, uh, either were devised by him or used, I think I'm right in saying, apparatus devised by him. Yes, I am right. I've just been through them. Or, or
2: brilliantly it, negotiated to get. Yes, <laughs> indeed. To
0: get those missions. I mean, if you take just one of those missions, Operation Sunbeam, and it's now referred to as Plan K, what does the K stand for? King, absolutely. Exactly.
2: It was devised by, it was was pushed forward by Oh, the Adept,
0: I think, was pushing that. Did they want him to but use not they, not King? They no, no they, they
2: did. They wanted him to use the King. There
0: you are. And he, and he st- <laughs> no, stopped short no. of doing that because he was humble. But the, um, the masters wanted him to. And I think now he'd be, as you rightly say, absolutely thrilled that uh, he's being put in the place he should be in. And I think it's actually very significant that we had this fantastic year, didn't we, in 2019, his centenary year. And mm. uh, members and, and sympathizers will be pleased to know that the cosmic voices of those events are on their way Very either to you already or shortly to you. Uh, we weren't able to print them yet during the pandemic. They've now been printed. Um, and it's, And then after, of course, there's been a, a real difficult condition in the world with the pandemic but I I, I think that was just a a ray of light uh, bringing him to the fore and you and I being privileged to write the biography and publish it in that year anyway Nikki we're going to be in trouble with our producer if we don't Uh now hand over to her for our announcements
1: well my goodness thank you I mean certainly a lot of points for all of us to inwardly digest and contemplate upon thank you Richard and Brian. You are listening to Aetherius Radio Live with host Richard Lawrence and his guest Brian Kneep, discussing being a disciple from Christianity to King Yoga. With the festive season already upon us, We hope you'll join us online for our mystical Christmas service, which will be broadcast on Sunday, September 26th from the Aetherius Temple in London. There are also daily services being held, whether just audio or audiovisual. In fact, there is one being held today after this show, so please join in if you can. Details of these services today and throughout the Christmas period are available on aetherius.org. The next Aetherius Radio Live on January 18th, your host Chrissy Blaze will be discussing Memories of the Master, a truly fascinating show to look forward to. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to Richard and Brian.
0: Thank you Nikki. thank you very much and I think we must now um, also talk about uh, the 12 disciples of Jesus, and in fact all the disciples of Jesus but especially the 12 because we're coming up to Christmas, we know it's the wrong date but at least the world is focused on the birth of Jesus or actually, sadly, a lot of it's focused on the Christmas dinner and the the other aspects of it but hopefully (laughs) some people still are I don't know if you saw a poll uh, if you heard about a poll in Britain, Brian, last year, that uh, the number of British Christians who believe in God is—if I were to ask you um, how many you might think, what would you say? British well, Christians who believe Christians, in God. So they're, they're Christians. Christians. They are uh, Christians. They, they call themselves Christians. These people. Yeah.
2: I mean, I—I I mean, it seems to me that if you're a Christian, then I would say it should be. A hundred percent, maybe ninety-eight percent, so. but um, yeah,
0: you, know, you might get Christians, a couple religious of religious Christians. <laughs> exactly, you'd think that, and you might, you know, I, I thought the same. Maybe 98, 99, because there are eccentric, mm. especially in this country mm. that we're known for it. But um, but not only this country, but actually the answer was fifty-six percent. I mean, oh. I. I extraordinary. Anyway, that's a a shame. But nevertheless, we are are celebrating Christmas and I thought I'd just share something I've never shared before actually, which was a dinner I was privileged to have with Dr. King and his dear wife, Monik. And you'll remember Brian, that we used to set up his dining table in his office uh, when he was in Los Angeles very Mm -hmm. often, particularly in his latter years and sometimes he'd have, you know, various different people for dinner. And on this occasion it was the three of us and somehow the subject of the 12 disciples of Jesus came up. Now, somewhere on a lecture, at least on one occasion, I think, Dr. King had mooted the possibility of the disciples of Jesus being interplanetary in origin. And I raised that. It came up quite naturally over dinner, and it certainly didn't... Now, this would be in the 1990s, certainly, Mm -hmm it didn't seem to be at all a given now we know of course that saint peter uh, was from mars um, the greatest of them with one possible exception which we'll come on to but um, he was from mars he played an absolutely crucial role totally misunderstood and misrepresented in the church Uh, some people think he was a weak person or a treacherous person. He wasn't. Um, he, in fact, it's interesting to know, I was looking it up and he lived for 31 years after the resurrection in his, in his earthly physical body. Mm-hmm. And I believe I'm right in saying he was older than Jesus physically. So that would make him, you know, something approaching 70. Mm. Um, well into his 60s which is quite an age in those days and then of course we know about his terrible uh, crucifixion in the reign of Nero which was a karmic manipulation to bring about the fall of the Roman Empire as Dr. King revealed as it then was and he was the rock upon which the master Jesus built his church that's actually the meaning of his name Petros being Greek for rock or stone And we also know of certain other disciples uh, who are interplanetary. We know that um, St. Paul uh, is now, anyway, a planetary master. I think he's described as a planetary master. And I think that's as per the planetary ones in the fourth blessing, I take it, to mean interplanetary. And also St. John is a planetary master, we're told. That was revealed in 1962 in February. Not a lot is known about... Them, I mean, St. John is said to have been a favorite companion um, of the Master Jesus, who, among other things, accompanied his mother to the crucifixion. That's a terrible thing. It would suggest yeah. he wasn't as well known as saint peter because uh, that would be a very dangerous thing to do otherwise he'd have been seized uh, if they'd recognized him as one of the twelve uh, saint paul was not one of the twelve but but was converted as we know as i said we said earlier on the road to damascus this saul saul why persecutest thou me it's all recorded in the Bible. Now, I'm going to give an opinion, and it's only my opinion, this, Brian, but I don't think that Paul, St. Paul, was an avatar from another planet in that life. I don't think that such an intelligence would have persecuted the followers of Jesus so cruelly, um, stoning them to death and so on, as he did in his early life. What's absolutely inspiring and amazing about him is how he changed and became from being a zealous persecutor being one of the most zealous possibly second to saint peter for all i can know um followers and adverts and campaigners and tireless words and we tend to forget he, he'd have money uh people you know he wandered around nobody says well how did he pay his bills He was a tent maker. So while he was traveling around the Middle East, he had to go making tents as he traveled uh, to earn money to carry on with his his work. And you can see how he earned his place, uh, if I'm right anyway, and eventually, well certainly now, is himself a planetary one. There's one other I should mention before we pass on from the Twelve, and that's Judas, um and he th- i think even dr king said could be the greatest of them all because he had by far the worst job so if he
1: mm-hmm.
0: was carrying out an order to do what he did then you know he could be certainly could be interplanetary for all we know but the tenor and the tone of this conversation over dinner um really was that No, they weren't all interplanetary at all, and certainly if they were, Dr. King, I remember Lady Monique coming out very vociferously saying, they weren't, were they, George? (laughs) I do remember Dr. King saying, well, let's put it this way. If they were, they certainly didn't realise it, and they hadn't fully manifested it. And he wasn't there, I don't think, talking about St. Peter, but certain of the others. And we have to remember there are some who didn't. I mean, the 12 were the ones who, as far as I can understand who were brave enough to risk uh, going into Jerusalem with him to what looked like their certain death. I do believe Mm. all of them did die, except possibly St. John, later on. Um, But uh, just before we leave St. Paul, I think there's another parallel story of someone who changed completely uh, overnight, as it were, uh, or within less than a night. uh, And that is a, a very remarkable individual known as the Prince and Dr. King has revealed some things about the Prince um, some of them are classified some are not. Uh, would you share with us Brian some of the story of the Prince?
2: There's a very interesting story Richard as you know it's this, this individual who was um, a very close follower of a master um, uh, many centuries ago and uh, while he was studying and meditating at the feet of his master, um, this freak accident, so-called, um, happened, and this large rock um, from high above fell on this master and, and uh, killed him. And it, it so affected the prince; uh, he got in such a, a state of sadness that he left the path, and for for many, many, don't know how long, but it seemed like centuries. Um, he slowly went down um, a darker path. And as, a, as perhaps a, a very poor analogy, they take someone like Darth Vader from the Star right. Wars, What it was, it was a Jedi Master and then was turned, etc. Uh, the prince wasn't turned, but either way, ended up on this dark path. And then um, at a crucial moment, which I can't say too much, but a crucial moment... Um, in a certain way, um, uh, the prince uh, was changed and, and saw um, that he had gone the wrong way and, and came back to um, the side of, uh, of goodness and light. Um, but he came back, unlike Darth Vader, who, who was, was dying, he came back with all of his strength and, and brought people with him and, and when it was a tremendous aid at a crucial time. Um, in the lower realms um, for the for the forces of light, and it was just mm. a it was a tremendous karmic move. And I think perhaps the takeaway from this is wherever you are um, on your journey, and if if you've been um, an atheist or agnostic or or where, where have you been um, this life? Um, and you and you get this inspiration to to change and to go forward um, in light. Um, it always can be the right and fantastic time to do it. And now when King Yoga is really catching on some speed and the world is changing, there's so much need out there. Uh, Time right now would would be just a phenomenal time to reconnect with with this this great light. And Dr. King, his eminence, um, who came to Earth to do so much to connect with this great being at this time um, would be a phenomenal move. I would say. absolutely,
0: absolutely agree. Actually, while you were talking, another interesting, very interesting disciple came to mind, which I hadn't thought of talking about. But uh, that's—I don't know whether you've come across the name Vibhishana, um, who is a, a central figure in the Ramayana. Now. The Ramayana is believed. So, this isn't between Christianity and today. This is going way back, possibly to Atlantis. Mm. It's it's certainly believed to be the oldest of the Hindu. Vedic texts, I believe, certainly older than the Mahabharata, so predates the Bhagavad Gita, they believe, as a text, and it describes um, some of the battles that were fought uh, using the Brahma weapon, Indra's dart, which seemed to be atomic warfare, but in the course of this, it seems that what we now call Sri Lanka was ruled by Dark or demonic forces, and this is—it seems to be on the physical plane. These these battles, and uh, the there was a need to go in uh, for various reasons to fight them, and the god Rama, the Avatar Rama, an absolute. I mean, some of the descriptions of Rama and the way that the other gods look upon him is so familiar, actually, to some mm-hmm. of the teachings of the Aetherius Society. And he was going into battle. But what, hap- what was – why it's of kind of relevance to what you were just saying there about the prince and you could say St. Paul was that there was an individual in – what was then wasn't yet called Sri Lanka, I don't think. Uh, Nailas Vibashana. Now he is described as the younger brother of the number one demonic force there. And whether hmm. they were physical brothers, I would doubt, but certainly they were brothers at arms at the very least. And he turns. He changes. He goes to see Rama and ends up helping Rama, and reveals essential knowledge to Rama, who, for what one can tell, was under sort of limitation in terms of what he could do against these massive armies that he was fighting. And he played a key role. Um, So there you do have another figure, for those more of an Eastern tradition, who might have you know been raised as a Hindu for example will may have known of the Vibhishana and there is a a, a parallel individual who from what one can tell his motives were questioned for doing this and um, one of the advisors of Rama said no uh, you, you should basically trust him and he did help and played a key role yeah and I, I actually only came across that recently but I think probably the finest example is the one you, you alluded to earlier which is Gotha where when they did change, they changed immediately, didn't they?
2: Dramatically, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the, the, to get back to Sri Lanka for a second, one well, perhaps the reason why it was such an important battle is we've been told since that one of, if not the most important psychic centres, is down in uh, near Sri Lanka.
0: Wow, very very interesting point. Yeah, in the text it tends to get focused nowadays, anyway, on the fact that he saved. Um, what they believed to have been his wife the goddess Sita and I'm hmm. certainly not saying that didn't happen uh, but also he retrieved a, what we would now call a UFO and quite a beautiful one, a Vimana as they would say um, so yeah but that in point you've made I think adds a lot to it I and mean, it could be the, the most significant thing of all because as you rightly say yes there's a very sacred psychic centre in Sri Lanka is there not?
2: Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. almost
0: like it's it's a precursor
2: or playing playing uh, forth somewhat similarly today or, or recently, mm. um, where you have great gods, um, great beings from above come down to uh, uh, put the the mess on earth uh, right.
0: Exactly. I must say that um, you know coming back to Christianity and then more importantly to today. Uh, And this happened to Dr. King a lot, that from what one can tell, Jesus was let down. I mean, his mission was three years uh, in the physical. His mission didn't end there. After his resurrection, he continued on earth. But in the physical body, in the ordinary incarnated physical body, anyway, it was three years. And there are accounts, according to history, of some who did not stick by his side, that when he did go into Jerusalem, there were a number of potential disciples who didn't, wouldn't go with him. One is said to have been hmm. St. Mark. Mm. and he said to him, that was you know he, he was actually criticized later he wanted to he he came back and that's a good thing too again people coming back and we've we've had that in the Ethereum side we've had people who've left Absolutely. the king's side and they've come back so as as you rightly say it's never too late you know everybody we all make mistakes and even if you leave the side of a master the you can only you can still turn around and come back and that's what you should do I mean you'll have lost some ground of course but um, you know it, it's never too late or it's never over uh, you can turn around like we all have to do the disciples though aren't limited to those who are physically alive with their master and I think it's especially impressive to see the direct And dedicated work of newer members and I have to say especially staff members young and old who found the path Dr. King left us through the Ethereum society some of them in the last year have joined the staff a number actually have joined the staff in the last year and they devoted themselves to his path King Yoga heart mind and soul and they're creating a direct link with their master by doing so which is a beautiful thing to behold, would you like to, or would you care to comment on that at all for us, Brian? Well, I'd love to, uh, Richard. You
2: know, the path given to us um, by Dr. King, uh, which we call King Yoga now, um, it, it's 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 it's, it's got to be, in my mind, just perfectly devised. Um, we have this tremendous truth given um, by Dr. King and through Dr. King to really let us know. What's up with the world? Where we're at? What's important? You know, where, what's what's the evolution? Where we're going? And we're given we given tremendous practices um, to help us raise our vibrations um, above this material plane, virtually, um, and and really understand the teachings, and really understand what that, what's what's. What's important on earth today and the time that's important and and the the limits that we have and of course the pinnacle is that service uh, which has given us so many different aspects to do from operation sunbeam um, to to giving healing to the twelve blessings so many ways that um, disciples of Dr. King or followers of King Yoga can really rise and help the world but I would say Perhaps the most important aspect of King Yoga is that in doing these, 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 these things, these three, these three main things, we then can form a beautiful link to our Master and open up that, that, that pathway of, of getting even more information, more inspiration, more love, more guidance from this amazing um, Master to then help us help the world even more. And to see people do that um, who were not, even, uh, were not able to meet Dr. King and be able to come that quickly into this, this influence of this, let's face it, someone who is hundreds of years ahead of his time, it really is inspiring. If you look at mm-hmm. where the earth is, the earth is fighting each other. It, it's, it's almost a hell, you could say. And to have mm-hmm. people that can rise above that, And connect with with uh, someone with such far out ideas at least for our scientists and to really embrace it and to be pulled in and feel that essence that beautiful essence of dr. King it really is inspiring to me
0: that's beautiful thank you for those beautiful words you know I wasn't going to do this but I, I was as you were talking I was thinking you know this principle Uh, of discipleship, and Dr. King kind of touches on it a bit in the reading that you read out about this isn't just apply on this earth, it applies throughout the galaxy. And for those Mm. who are kind of more familiar with the Aetherisity teachings, I know some of you are new listeners, and we really welcome you uh, as new listeners to Aetheris Radio Live, but some are very experienced staff and members of the Aetherisity have been members for over 50 years who listen to this show as well. And those who are familiar with the twelve blessings will know that this principle applies all the way through and likewise you'll see in the nine freedoms um, the the, uh, interplanetary masters won't obey their masters who could be the Saturnians by even a glance because they know Mm. that the Saturnians are more advanced than them this principle of being a disciple is not very well understood on earth Um, it's even there are some people, and such people are to think this way, to be honest, because they're not ready, they think there's something demeaning about it. Actually, a more advanced person knows that they need and they welcome the role of discipleship when they find someone that they believe is closer to God, more advanced than themselves. And it's a sign of advancement becoming. Uh, a disciple, and I, I have a number of examples through history. And I've, I, I, before the show, I was thinking of a few, but actually, let's go to the highest beings that we actually know of in the twelve blessings, bar one, and that's the supreme lords of creation. Now, these beings, for those who are newer, are so great that they are—they that they are not limited to manifestation itself you know i don't want to go off on a tangent here but they are so great that an aspect of their being is not even in manifestation it's it's divine it's pure divinity but in manifestation we're told and i'm now quoting from the 11th blessing um that, and here's a quote, there are countless trillions of worlds and all these have been brought into wondrous manifestation by the supreme lords of creation who work as the seven round the one. Now, I think there's a lot of very interesting points there um, in that one paragraph. First of all, that there, I mean, they, there are seven because they choose to be seven. They could be any number mm. they wanted. They Seven is a powerful, mystical number, and uh, very good for, I think, active, close workers and staff of the Ethereum Society, and indeed our very good donors who work hard at their work in order to donate, is this sentence. They work as the seven round the one. I think that's the only word that's used to describe what they do, work, mm. uh, which puts work on the highest level by the highest beings. <laughs> a good but, point. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> but also they work as the seven round the one. So even at that level, even beings who aren't even limited to manifestation still are devoted, you could say, or they're working round another higher intelligence than themselves. Mm. And then if you go to the twelfth blessing, you, it's spelt out again. It's referred back to that same paragraph actually in a different words it says greater this is the master jesus speaking so this is very timely Um, greater this is real new age christianity this goes further than the bible by far or anything we've been given to date because now it can be given through dr king in its pure form and he says this greater than even the seven lords of creation is this for these are its hearts And then it goes on, greater than even the one within the center is this, for this is but its brain. So this is referring, this being the absolute, by the way. So Mm. the one that they revolve around is the brain of the absolute. Mm. So even they Mm. are devoted, I don't know whether I can use the word disciples, it's probably so far above that concept Mm. that I, I shouldn't but the principle of discipleship is indeed a wonderful wonderful thing and i really come back to what we said in the opening reading you know that we can all in this day and age become disciples of king yoga and i just add one thing that the disciples around the master jesus some of them were far more advanced than peter was from another planet as i mentioned earlier for example but strangely, the opportunities for disciples in these days is even greater than the opportunities in the days of Christianity. Uh, far Absolutely. greater, because,
1: um,
0: because the change is upon us. Exactly, exactly, and and even this very day. Just take today. Uh, there were uh, runs of the spiritual energy radiator done in in London and Barnsley. I'm just giving this as an example by people who are really are disciples of, of King Yoga and they were working directly with, with the Cosmic Masters so I, I, I just think the principles ancient, it's universal, it's cosmic it's unlimited but it's very very present today in this day and age through King Yoga. Is there anything you'd like to add uh, Brian before we hand back over to our producer?
2: Well I think um, if you look at the world uh, it, it's almost like it's getting more and more um, destabilized and more and more um, difficulties are, are coming from many different ways uh, to people all around the world. And it is such a, um, a fantastic thing to be able to hold on to um, absolute truth that you get in the Ethereum society especially. And you can, with this, with this truth, you can use it to hold your balance, um, keep your ship off the rocks. And as you do that, you're able to help all those around you to do the same and send out a balm of white light to, to those who are receptive to it to help them and it's it's such a, um, an important time to find the spiritual path to reconnect to um, the goodness and the light within you because the world really
0: is in dire need Thank you. Very wise words. And I'd like to thank Brian Kniep for joining us today on this last Theorist Radio Live of this year. Uh, Next month is going to be uh, Chrissy uh, Blaze with her husband Gary Blaze, I believe, talking about his memories of the Master because he knew him well and was a resident for a while at the American headquarters where Dr. King was based. Uh, We're going to move on into the new year in this new spirit hopefully, and uh, it's been a privilege to present this show all year. I want to thank all our listeners to Aetherius Radio Live and for your many comments, by the way, both ones that you've put up, and you're always welcome to do that um, on the website and also sent in to us. We really do appreciate it and I want to take this opportunity on behalf of Chrissy Blaze and myself and all our co-presenters through the year a very happy Christmas a very spiritually prosperous New Year. And thanks also to our producer, Nikki Parrott, who will now give her closing words.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, well, that was certainly uh, ending the year on an absolutely fantastic hike. Thank you both, Richard and Brian, for sharing such in-depth insights about discipleship Insights we can all draw upon and be active in our lives. Thank you both. As already mentioned, on the next Radio Live on January the 18th, your host Chrissy Blaze will be discussing memories of the master. If you would like to find out more on the facts and the publications mentioned in today's show, especially the King who came to us, please visit our shop on Atheos. Dot org. You can connect with your host Richard Lawrence through this website, RichardLawrence.co.uk, and you're also warmly invited to visit Brian's website, BrianKneep.com. We do hope you've enjoyed the show and we warmly welcome your company. We look forward to being with you next month, in fact, as you all know, next year 2022. As already expressed by our host, Richard Lawrence, thank you so very much for listening to our shows throughout 2021, and I also take my, this opportunity of wishing all our Serious Radio Live listeners a very, very happy Christmas and a spiritually fulfilling New Year.